Thank you for tuning in to the WAM Podcast, where women empower women in business and manufacturing. Welcome. I'm Dr. Barbara Troutline, Principal and Chief Catalyst at Change Catalysts, and I partner with clients to manufacture change in this age of disruption across industries and around the globe. I'm thrilled to be a host for the WAM Podcast and to get the opportunity to interview exceptional women in STEM fields. Our conversations are mission critical to ensure all voices are heard and able to contribute to our workplaces and our world. And of course, our dialogue is of vital importance to women and girls and men and boys too, to achieve success in life and work. Now I'd like to welcome Anissa Mathana. Anissa is a hands-on leader with extensive experience in almost every aspect of a production manufacturing environment. In 1993, Anissa took the opportunity to run a small, struggling company. Her passion and experience drove her to implement the changes necessary to substantially grow the business into a successful Swiss CNC operation. Anissa attributes this success to building a high-performance team that embraces leading-edge technology, software, and equipment. Anissa sits on the boards of the Precision Machine Products Association, the Illinois Manufacturing Excellence Center, and the Chicago Regional Growth Corp. She's been a speaker and a panelist at a wide variety of industry events. In 2018, Anissa had the honor to make the cover of Crane Chicago Business, promoting women as an option to fill the need for a skilled workforce in manufacturing. Anissa's global impacts have been focused on humanitarian assistance and post-disaster relief. She spent weeks of time providing relief and assistance throughout the U.S. with the American Red Cross and aboard. Thank you for that service, Anissa, and welcome to the WAM podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So you were introduced to manufacturing at a very young age. Can you tell us a bit about your start in your family business? Of course. Yes, I was actually on a shop floor at the age of 11. The joke is, is that women usually feel more comfortable in the mall. I feel more comfortable on the shop floor than the mall. <laughs> oh, that's uh, wonderful. Yeah. So, yeah, at age 11, my parents opened up a machine shop, M&M Quality Grinding, out here in Chicago. And by the age of 13, I was allowed the privilege of running sunless grinders, and I loved it. Wow, that's amazing. At the age of 13, you're running grinders. How amazing is that? Yeah, it was, um, you know what? We always say it's in our blood, but having that exposure at a very young age and understanding the process and understanding that these bars become something greater than what we actually see, I think that's really important. And I think that that had planted a seed in my head that nothing could change that. The passion was struck. That was it. I was hooked. Well, fantastic. Yeah, so fantastic. So what was that like for you, being a female and so young on the manufacturing floor? I'd love to hear a bit about the journey, how it started off, and how you took the helm. Yeah, so I had two brothers, and they were already, like from day one, they were running machines. So obviously, there's always that sibling rivalry. I love my brothers dearly, but I also wanted to contribute. Some people think that because we work at a very young age that we were deprived. And I think it was the opposite. You know, we spent, family spent time together more so. We would either drive to work, the drive home. And it just put us in a mindset of understanding what our parents go through, understanding the value of strong work ethics, the value of the dollar. 
And so uh, growing up, I look back at that and I'm like, I couldn't have asked for a better childhood. And learning how to run a company, learning the books, learning HR, learning, you know, and not really knowing what those were. It was just running the business. We didn't have those defined job descriptions that we have today. So it was just getting the work done, working as a team. I look back at those years and I'm great comfort and excitement and passion that we all had, my brothers and I and my parents. My parents worked very hard for us. And so that appreciation stuck with me and I hope that it's with me today. And so at age 23, I was already in charge of HR. I was um, receivables and payables and three of the top 10 customers belonged to me. And my brothers also equally were putting in hours and were accountable for a whole lot of things. But at that age, I realized that to grow, it was difficult. Even today, it's 2019, and we still have that stigma of women not being able to perform in a manufacturing setting. And so back then in 1993, at age 23, don't do the math. I'll make it easy for you. I'm going to be 50 this year. <laughs> so at age 23, I already understood how to run a business, but I was still labeled daddy's little girl, princess, and some of the people that worked for us, even as recent as months, not even years of employment at the company, wouldn't take me seriously, and it was a problem, and not having the backing um, at one point from my father, just it was an eye-opening experience for me because of the fact that I love my father, and I learned so much from him. I learned not only that I learned how to run a machine, but I also learned there's a word called amana, which means basically trust and accountability and responsibility. And he taught me that. But when it came push to shove, it was my dad found himself that you are a girl and this is the perception and you have to take the back seat. And I didn't like it. And so I made a decision then and there that I had to leave. And fortunately, my uncle, who was also in the same type of business, was asking me to be a partner and leaving my family business. The last thing I wanted to do was compete with them. And I also didn't want the same family dynamics that I had at my family's business. So I sat down with my uncle and I put some conditions that I would call the shots. And part of that would be not competing with the family and that he would be my silent partner. And that way there was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I would be responsible. I would take the workload, but we would be partners. And he was ecstatic. He already knew, although I was only 23 years old, he knew that I was going to get it done. And I was very accountable because he was part of that whole process as well. He worked for my father. and He saw firsthand the work that we did. And so thankfully, we became partners back in 1993. And he's still my silent partner. It's 2019. And we're doing very well. Well, that's fantastic. And I think one of the key messages there is that, you know, you grew significantly, obviously, through your whole childhood and, and young adulthood, and you sensed that it was time to move on to the next opportunity. And you really set some very powerful, it sounds like, boundary conditions for that. As the expression goes, you train people how to treat you. And it would be interesting, any additional advice that you may have for women in terms of how to do exactly that, how to self-advocate, how to say, you know, again, maybe set boundaries or set expectations and really identify what you want and proactively put it out there and negotiate. Anything at all you can share on those fronts. Absolutely. Well, I think respect of self is important in any industry, no matter what you're doing. I think that 
today there are so many pioneers of women in manufacturing. Like my mother was my pioneer. She was working in a dirty, grimy machine shop floor back when sexual harassment wasn't something anybody was talking about. And so people have paved the way for us. So gratitude and respect is huge in my life. And I incorporate that in everything. So I respect myself, I respect others. And so why would I allow anyone to disrespect me? So whether I'm an employee or an employer, it really doesn't matter. It really is setting those boundaries and holding yourself accountable for that and staying away from those stereotypes. We have the stereotype saying old white men in this industry, which is true. It, it has been old white men. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.